Welcome back, everyone, to Double Take, an NFL podcast streaming everywhere you get podcasts and also on YouTube. I'm your host, David Gonzalez, joined by my brother, Daniel Gonzalez, and also friend of the show and now a permanent collaborator on the podcast, Mr. Steven Savage. How are you guys? What's up, y'all? I'm ready to get into it because I have a feeling this is about to be a wild one. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff that we got to talk about. Um, Cowboys lost, Philly barely beating the Giants, San Francisco losing to Baltimore, AFC South just completely in disarray. Who's making it in? Who's not? All of those questions are going to be answered right here on the podcast, but we're obviously going to jump straight into Cowboys football as the Cowboys drop their second straight game as they fall to the Miami Dolphins 20-22. to It was ugly. The offense struggled for most of the game. Uh, the defense, I felt like, played pretty, pretty well considering what what happened in Buffalo. I thought that they stepped up and came to play. But in some key critical moments, they they just fall short. Um, and now the Cowboys fall to 10-5, and five, second place in the NFC East, currently the fifth seed. Uh, Savage, we're going to go ahead and we're going to start with you, and then, Dan, you can take it from there. What, what do you say is the biggest reason why we lost this game? I would say the biggest reason that we lost – is because we have taken on the personality of our head coach, which is that of an undisciplined complaining team. Um, I feel like it's every week we sit and say, oh, man, if it wasn't for this one play, oh, if Dak didn't step out of bounds, oh, you know, if Lepke didn't fumble that ball on the goal line, oh, you know, if this happened, if that happened. And those are, those are typically called 50-50 plays, you know, like it could have gone either way. It feels like for us, it's more of like 25, 75 plays, like a quarter mm-hmm. of the time those things will go in our direction. But most of the time, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Uh, we're just an undisciplined team, man. We have we have all the talent that you would need to go where you want to go. We have all the firepower. Um, we at times show that we can have a run defense when needed. Um, but we are just not disciplined. I, I don't know the exact stats on this. I would imagine we're in the top five in the NFL when it comes to penalties. Oh, we're, we're leading. We're number one. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, then that alone right there, it just it shows that we're undisciplined. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of that has to come down with, you know, you see you always hear about, you know, the team taking on the personality of its coach. You got Detroit with Dan Campbell. They're just a, a brawler of a team. You have um, the Dolphins with Mike McDaniel. They're a, a fun, interesting, kind of quirky team. You have, you know, just all these – All you can look around the NFL, find so many teams, and that's true with the Cowboys now, um, except it's it's not in a good sense, I don't think. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. a good – like, you know, McCarthy, he's a good coach. He is a polished coach, you know, at times. Like, he can make a really good drive with play calling, and, you know, he, he's – we're a competent team, but situationally, whenever you really need it, we're not going to come through. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's been that was why McCarthy ended in Green Bay ultimately, um, and I think that's what you're seeing here with Dallas is, you know, we're just we're undisciplined. I think if we're a disciplined team, we're probably the one seed in the NFC right now, but we're not, so we aren't. Yeah, I I'm gonna echo everything that Savage said, but for me, those things I wouldn't categorize as fifty fifty plays. Those are they're do cowboyish things. <laughs> yeah. It's who they are. It's who they are. They're allergic to prosperity. 
as Stephen A. would always love to say. Because you look at the game, and for me, I mean, did Dak play amazingly well? No. Are there reasons for that? Yes, there are. But you can't get much better than having the ball at the goal line. Tony Pollard takes the most idiotic angle that he could on a scoring play, doesn't get in, and then they fumble it at the one yard line to a rookie undrafted fullback that those are cowboyish things that they will continue to do. And that's why I came out last week and said, I gave up on them. And then people are going on TikTok calling me a hater for saying so, but then they, but then the Cowboys come right back the week after and prove me right again. And so I, I agree. This is an undisciplined football team that makes mistakes when you can't have them and plays its worst football when it can't happen. And so for me, again, they just continue to prove me right. And ultimately that's why we lost the game because they're undisciplined. They make the wrong mistakes at the wrong time. And then when Dak does have a drive to put them ahead to win the ball game, that defense, the soft defense gets put on their butt. Not only that, and Savage mentioned undisciplined. Get a 15-yard face, face, face mask penalty right off the bat and spot them 15 yards. That's who this team is. That's who, what they will continue to be. That's why I don't believe in them. I mean, Savage said before, before the show started, he thinks we'll beat the NFC South team. I don't know about that anymore. I don't. But that's just me. Yeah, I mean we'll I mean we'll for sure go into Tampa Bay and beat Baker Mayfield. I mean I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Well, I'm not really gonna add too much to that because I mean I basically I mean those are the same sentiments that I have in that, but I think it's time to turn our eyes to uh Dak Prescott. Um last two games. I mean, or let, let's go ahead of that. I mean, we, we have Dak Prescott. He's going on a high. He seems like the MVP front runner. Then he has two games like this. Savage and then Daniel, what is your confidence level in, in your quarterback, Dak Prescott? Um, I have two different confidence levels. I have a home confidence level and I have an away confidence level. At home, my confidence is a 10 out of 10. Um, he's proven that when he's in the dome and he can have the air conditioning at the perfect setting and, um, you know, he can have all of the Dallas faithful uh, at his back, that he's as good of a quarterback as you can have in this league. On the road, my confidence in him is about a six to a seven um, because here's the deal. And, you know, our, our lovely viewing audience doesn't get the, the privilege of being in the group chat throughout the week. Um, there's a chance that Dak's going to get a lot of hate right now. And I might have to be the voice of reason to, to say, so I'm, I'm glad I'm saying this on the front end, viewer audience at home, just, you know, buckle up. But I will say Dak did not have that bad of a game on Sunday. Um, now did he take a nap for the second and third quarter? Yes, he did. Uh, was he electric in the first and the fourth quarter? Yes, he was. Um, and so I think you, you throw all that into the crock pot and you put it on low for six hours. And what you get is a 
pretty good game. I mean, you get a you get a 72 on a test. No one's excited about a 72, but hey, at least you didn't fail, right? Um, and so that's that's you know I, I trust ish Dak on the road, um, and I really trust him at home. I mean, I think at home he can he has the potential to beat any team in this league. Um, but yeah, if we're if we're in another team's home, I you know we'll see how it goes. I think at home Dak can win games, and on the road our defense is going to have to win games, which puts us basically with everyone else in the league. Um, so. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% again with Savage here. I've been a notorious Dak opposer, but even I have to defend him today. Because, yes, like Savage said, he fell asleep in the second and third quarter. But we also have to put everything into its context. He didn't have Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. Those are two future Hall of Famers that he had. We talk about Brock Purdy not playing well without Trent Williams. And we expect Dak to do it without Tyron Smith. Even if it was some someone competent, like whenever Tyler Smith played left tackle last year, he played really well. But it was like a turnstile. Not even a turnstile. There was nothing in, in uh, Bra- uh, Chubb's way on his way to Dak Prescott most of the time. Literally, now, like- just yeah, like free rush, like I don't know, four or five times and two plays in a row where they just they just don't block him. Even Greg Olson was getting frustrated at the fact that, hey, eventually you have to figure that out, whether it's Dak or whether it's the offensive uh, offensive lineman coach. You got to say something, get into their brain. And and for me, that's probably what what was part of Dak's struggle in the second and third quarter was the fact that he had no time to throw the ball. And then also, I have to put some blame on Mike McCarthy. In the first quarter, they did a great job getting CD the ball. Great mm-hmm. job getting CD the ball. And then up until the fourth quarter, it's like the, he, they forgot that CD Lane was on their team because they weren't scheming for him. They were, he was not getting the ball. There, there was nothing happening there. And so I, for me, like Mike McCarthy is a good coach. He is. But there's times where he can disappear, play calling wise. And I think that's what happened in the game. But when Dak had to step up and he had to have that really long drive to score, even with penalties, and when he had to take a brutal sack because no one blocked for him, he still came back on third and goal and threw a dime to Brandon Cooks. That's what you want out of your starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. I'm with Savage. At home, 10 out of 10. On the road, I was going to say 7-2. I was going to say 7-2 because part of me still does not believe in this defense on the road because did Miami run all over us? No. But when they had to run the ball, they did, and they ran it well. So for me, I, I still trust Dak to win on the road, but everyone's got to come along with him. At least play decent. And this is going to sound like a bit now because you guys talked all kinds of praise on Dak Prescott. And so when I say my stuff, now I'm going to – I guess I'm always going to be the crazy takes kind of guy. Uh, I can never win with the two of you guys on this show because the one time where you guys actually sound like me, I'm going to sound like y'all here coming up. Uh, it's not a secret. I've been a supporter of Dak Prescott ever since he came into the league through the ups and downs of his career. 
Yeah, I believe he, he oh, in the past, he has shown a lot of talent, a lot of poise, a lot of leadership as the quarterback of America's team. Um, but all things must come to an end, guys. Um, I think that Dak's time as the Cowboys quarterback is over. I do not believe that Dak Prescott will ever win a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and I'm not even going to take into the entire season. I'm just going to focus on this game to tell you why. I have seven reasons for why Dak Prescott isn't that guy that we've seen in this game, specifically because of the second and third quarter that you guys mentioned. Okay, so let's go with like number one. This is my number one reason. Tony Pollard rushed the ball 12 times and only had 38 yards. So he's averaged 3.1 yards a carry. Uh, and then he had a play where he had an easy run to the sideline for a touchdown. And he runs inside into Jake for – wait, hold on. That's not – okay, so that's not on Dak. Okay, sorry, my bad. Uh, then we have uh, Hunter Limke fumbling the ball to the, to the Miami Dolphins. I don't want to be interrupted. Let me, let me cook. Okay, let me go. Okay, I'm going to mute wait. right now. Yeah. Lepke fumbled the ball to inside. Okay, the one. Okay. Oops, my bad. Okay, so that's not on Dak. Okay, I have six reasons then. Uh, twice the Cowboys were inside their own five-yard line. The first drive was on the eight-yard line where we see Dak run out of the pocket. He gets eight yards. Uh, so it's going to be second down and two or third down and two. Oh, wait, there's a holding penalty on, on Smith. Oh, that pushes them inside the three-yard line. Oh, sorry. That, okay, well, hold on. Well, he did get bailed out, though, by a roughing a passer penalty on Wilkins. That was actually legit. Um, but then he got himself sacked on first down after that. Oh, and then he fell down and his fell down on his own when everyone was oh covered. Oh, so no one was open. Oh, the pressure. Okay, never mind. I have five reasons why. Okay. So the second time that they were pinned by a punt in that drive, Dak was knocked down twice by unblocked pass rusher, where he he should have blocked that person as soon as the ball was snapped. So that's on Dak Prescott. Then later on in the game, on third down 11, Dak runs for a 15-yard uh, scramble. Oh, but that's, that's brought back because of an illegal ship that he caused himself. And then he throws five yards due to the pressure that he allowed on, on himself. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll give him that. Now, I'll give, I'll give Dak credit here. He, he did engineer a drive before that final touchdown drive, but then on third down and two, inside the red zone, our rookie left tackle completely misses his assignment leaves Br Bradley Chuff unblocked like Dak told him to to pressure him out of the pocket as soon as the ball snapped so that decision by Dak Prescott leads to a field goal instead of a touchdown so that's also on Dak and then on the touchdown drive itself Dak has a head scratching moment where he told the left tackle again don't block Chubb let him come to me and it sacks him. And this is after Turbin bails Dak out with a pass interference call on fourth down. So, so Dak got bailed out again. Oh, and then after the touchdown possession, Dak allowed the defense to have a face mask penalty and cost us the game with the last second field goal. So I just explained to you why Dak Prescott cost us these games. And I even have a clip for you about someone talking about some of the, I think that we all trust of why this game should be on Dak Prescott. Yeah. I mean, I think this is actually worse. 
right? Because we were questioning Dak Prescott and what he could be. And if everybody's going to come on here and defend Josh Allen when his team loses, we have to defend Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott had his MVP drive. Dak Prescott had his moment. This is supposed to be a team. In the offseason, this is what they said. Mike McCarthy said they'd run the football better, which they don't. Don't. And Mike McCarthy said they finish games defensively. Well, Dak Prescott gives you the drive of the season. And now the Micah Parsons, the Demarcus Lawrences, the Stephon Gilmores, the Deron Blands, you have to go out on the field and make a stop. There was no pressure because Mike McDaniel got the football out of Tua Tungavaloa's hand. You had a 15-yard face mask penalty. And in the most important moment, Dan Quinn reverted back to who he was, which is a man-to-man -man defense. And Mike McDaniel dialed up the right play at the right time. But here is what was most disheartening to me. You had two plays to keep the keep this team from getting a first down and you allow the Miami Dolphins who everybody in the entire football world knew were going to run the football you allow them to get a first down and run the clock out I believe if you're that defense you got to say to yourself if we get the football back to Dak Prescott we have a chance and they couldn't do that so they have been exposed in this sense you go and get bludgeoned the week before yes the offense plays better yes the defense doesn't get gashed but in the important moment you didn't show up and it's what Stephen A always says you build yourself up not only for a season but in the game and you let it down in the most important moment Now it's time to be serious. Under the Mike McCarthy era, Dak Prescott has had to try and overcome the most penalized offense in and defense in the NFL. An offensive line that can't stay healthy and a team that, can, can, that can't consistently run the football. Okay? So with all of those issues that he has going on, Dak is currently third in QBR. He's .2 points behind Brock Purdy. He's fifth in passing yards. First in passing touchdowns, and he's tied for first with Lamar Jackson in passing interceptions who have played the, enti the entirety of the season, and he's led the Cowboys to a 10-5 and five record. But because he's the number one paid quarterback, number two paid, number eight, because he's the 10th highest paid quarterback in the NFL, there are some people who expect him to coast this team to victory by throwing over 400 yards, showing up every single quarter, and playing lights out every single game. The reality is, is that there isn't a single quarterback in the NFL that can overcome this team's issues to win a Super Bowl. I'm going to give you two quarterbacks who I know you're probably thinking of right now of who could. Patrick Mahomes. People say he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Uh, Savage, I think, thinks a little bit differently. I think he still chooses Burrow. This was Patrick Mahomes on Christmas Day against the Raiders. After one quarter, his offense had minus 18 yards of total offense. He himself was two of three. Not bad. Minus five yards passing. And a fumble that he recovered. Okay, and then in the second quarter, he had a fumble that was returned for the touch for a touchdown. And then the next play, he threw a pick six. And his offense only scored seven points in the first in the first half. If we're seeing things from the perspective that we keep saying of like, I don't care if Dak gets one yard in a quarter, 
Mahomes had minus five yards with all the issues that he had. So clearly you can't overcome every single little thing that your team is doing. Okay, let's jump to to Joe Burrow, who I would say is the second best quarterback. Some people would say he's the best quarterback in the league. We always talk about how Joe Burrow overcomes, you know, his offensive line because he was the most sacked quarterback in 2021. Correct. Well, did you know that his team, if we're looking at least to greatest, his team was the was eighth in penalties, eighth in penalties. That's really, really good. Then last year, he was only the 13th most sacked quarterback in the league. And his team was, they did a little bit worse. They were 16th in penalties. Dak Prescott with the Dallas Cowboys over the last three seasons have been dead last in penalties in 2021, 28th in 2022, and they are dead last again this year in penalties. So... Do I believe that Dak Prescott is the greatest quarterback of all time? It may sound like that, um, but no, I don't. Do I believe that he is a quarterback that is capable of guiding his team to Super Bowl and winning one? Yes, but you're really asking a lot out of him and any other quarterback to come into this football team and overcome the most penalized unit, an injury-ridden offensive line, and a running game that is pretty much non-existent and inconsistent throughout the entire season. And... This is a team that we just talked about doesn't cash in in the moments to where like nobody steps up. No one comes forward on the defensive side to make a play unless it's Michael Parsons if he goes unblocked on a, on a play. And so my confidence in Dak Prescott is unwavering. I believe in him at home. I believe in him on the road. But as long as Mike McCarthy is the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, as a play caller, I love Mike McCarthy. He has done wonders for Dak Prescott and making this offense work for him. Uh, and he's playing at an insanely high. So as a play caller, I love Mike McCarthy. But as a head coach, like you guys were talking about earlier, I don't have any confidence in this team because it's undisciplined and won't show up in the biggest moments when they need to. So... That is why I have the fullest and utmost confidence in Dak Prescott. Because even with all the issues going on, he still came into this game, made the plays when he needed to. And I think that we're at a point right now in the Dallas Cowboys to where our biggest problem, like we've been talking about this, four is not going to be the issue. Four is going to step up when he needs to if his team allows him to do so. Because when you're getting... 3.1 yards of carry from your running back. Hunter Lemke is letting everybody into the party, and Dak has to throw off the guy and then throw it while he's being hit to pick up a first down. When you have, when you actually have a football team that will block for your quarterback and actually allow him to do some things, you have the drive like you have at the end of the game where they mostly don't get in the way. So I believe in four. I believe in Dak Prescott because I think Dak Prescott this season is playing at a level unlike we've ever seen him play before. And it's this team that if they don't get out of the way, like Chuma likes to get out of the way of Miami defenders, we're going to have problems. But in terms of Dak Prescott, I have the utmost faith and confidence. I'm at a 10 out of 10. Go ahead, Daniel. I, I just have one thing to do. 
We knew it. We, we knew it. it. We called it. We called it. We knew, we knew you. Went yeah. Line for line of what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it was funny how like we both kind of knew the start of it because you sent us your script. I sent, it, I sent us. I sent you guys the script. You sent us that first, first part paragraph. of the script. Here are the seven yeah. reasons. And, and, and Savage actually listed two of the three. He did list those. two out of the three. He did. But he um, block, he fumbled. Yeah, and and yeah, right. and again, me, me and Savage are with you on this game for sure about like the things that you know went wrong. Um, the only pushback I would have was is that, I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes could probably succeed in this offense because this has because it has weapons. He the only the only the only reason why it would be a challenge is because of the penalties. That's what because, I'm saying. Because we've seen on certain games that Kansas City has had this year where mm-hmm. Mahomes came and made a play and they mm-hmm. would get holding calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what was that game that, that they had where he did a big scramble and they had a chance to win the game and, and they had a penalty and, and they went on and lost the game the game because of that. I can't remember uh, which that game was, that was. Wasn't that the Bills? Wasn't that the I think so. Tony offsides? I think, yeah, it was one of those. And so, like, yeah, so, like, you can't overcome bad penalties in the worst times. Mm-hmm. But I but what, I watched that Vegas game uh, on Christmas Day. It was awful. It was and awful. He, well, the thing about it is he was also running for his life. Mm-hmm. Like, just every single play, he had to yeah. bob and weave through defenders. So mm-hmm. I think his offensive line is in worse shape than ours is in. Um, the only thing that he benefits from is not having a free rusher in his face. Like they mm-hmm. they just they just get penetration like immediately, and you know he has to get out of the way. But I do believe there's also games in this season for Patrick where his receivers lost the game for him, right? You know, and they dropped dimes that he threw them. So I would say Patrick Mahomes could succeed in this. But again, like you're the whole this whole thing is about discipline. Yeah, and to me, and to me, that's why I said I don't even think Patrick Mahomes can because every single it seemed like every single play that Dak made in this game, especially in the second and third quarter, was always brought back because of a penalty because of his offensive line. It's and so that's overcome. why I'm saying that's why I'm saying I don't even think it's not because of Mahomes' ability. It's not because of his his lack of talent, or I'm not saying anything. But I'm just saying like Patrick Mahomes is. So Houdini outside of the pocket, but our offensive line is so prone to grabbing every single person to allow Dak Prescott to go outside that I think that Mahomes would get penalties or the offense would get penalties that would cancel out even Mahomes' greatest plays. And that's the reason why I don't think Mahomes could step into the system because he's going to be dealing with the exact same stuff that Dak is dealing with right now. So it's all about penalties and penalties alone. I just, you know, you said there's two guys that we were thinking of. And you didn't even name the guy that I was thinking of. Were you thinking of Lamar? No, because, you know, this season of the NFL season, I've been on this podcast with y'all. And there's a an elite, elite quarterback, Super Bowl favorite quarterback maybe even, mm-hmm. that you haven't even mentioned. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, he's I a Super Bowl thinking. winning quarterback. I know what he's thinking. I could have swore, based uh-huh. on your opinions of him, David, that Joe Flacco yeah. could engineer this offense to a Super Bowl. Because I've had to hear mm-hmm. about how elite Joe right. Flacco is. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think he could. I think that it's it's crazy. If Mahomes, mm-hmm. if 15, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, was the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. we would be clear 
Vegas front runners to win the Super Bowl. Wouldn't even be close. Wouldn't even be close. And that's not. And this is not an anti-Dak take because I just defended Dak whenever that's not mm-hmm. something I typically do. Okay, yeah. I don't think that game was Dak's fault. But mm-hmm. when it's the greatest person with a football in his hands in mm-hmm. the entire NFL, I think that he would elevate your team's chances of winning. I think Burrow – here's the thing about Burrow. If he could stay healthy, sure, I think he could do it too. But mm-hmm. that dude can't stay healthy. And I don't know if Burrow is – well, I mean, I say that. you could, But you also brought up the point that on that Super Bowl year, he was the most sacked quarterback in the league. If mm-hmm. Burrow had Dak's mobility, I think he – could be the greatest quarterback in the NFL, but he doesn't. So I don't think that. Um, and then Joe Flacco. I mean, are you kidding me? He could certainly, mm-hmm. I mean, we would be dynastic in Dallas if we had I mean, Joe Flacco. According I mean, to he Yellow leads State. the league in passing over the past three weeks. You're you know? telling me I'm the only one here defending Joe Flacco at this point. Cause I, so, I listen to y'all in the group chat and through here and the Browns are a top four team. According to David, I don't know. might be a top three team now. I mean, I don't know where David has them yet, but I would imagine all they've done since our last, you know, time we talked about this is keep winning and other teams have lost. And so mm-hmm. I would imagine you would have them top three, maybe top two, you know, because that team's success obviously lies on the shoulders of Joe Flacco. It's not Miles mm-hmm. Garrett. It's not just that defense. It's that Flacco is the man. Um, mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't put this game's entire weight on Dak. But to say that Dak doesn't have any accountability in this game, too, is a little bit ridiculous, in my opinion. Um, I definitely don't think you can fall asleep for half the game and come out and still feel like I'm a 10 out of 10, you know, confidence that he's going to be the guy. I agree with your beginning of the take that you said he's just not going to be the guy to lead the quarterback, the Cowboys to a Super Bowl. I believe that. I don't think Dak's going to win a Super Bowl with the Cowboys. But I would say that doesn't mean it's time to get rid of him. Um, you know, I think there's value to be found in being a really entertaining team. Um, well, well, and and I'll say this: I think I think it is time for for Dak to go. Um, in, in the sense of the fact that you can, you know, on this podcast, come onto the show as uh, usually as as um, sound your takes are and as good as your takes are to come and say that Dak Prescott fell asleep in the second and third quarter after literally me running you through the second and third quarter of all the things that happened in there to where Dak Prescott is running for his life and unable to make plays because of the pass rush and no one getting open. And even Greg Olson on the, on the broadcast, he says Dak is trying to go through his progressions and he can't because the pressure is there. To me, that's the reason why Dak Prescott should will not win a Super Bowl in Dallas because I think he can win at somebody else. And if we're going to be here on this podcast and say that Dak – Prescott fell asleep in the second and third quarter, then we deserve a quarterback like Cooper Rush. We deserve a quarterback like Matt Moore. We deserve a quarterback like Jameel Showers because clearly we don't, we can't recognize and, and know when our quarterback actually needs people to step up and do their jobs because, because Dak can't do it on his own. And that's essentially what he was in the second and third quarter of this football game. I'm not saying it, but see, David, this this is why this is why you are the crazy takes guy. I don't believe it's because you don't have an eye for football. I don't think that's what it is at all. I don't think that you're the crazy takes guy because you know you hold your TV at a 35 degree angle or something, and you're just watching it from a different lens. 
the reason why you are the crazy take guy on this podcast, and I love it because, you know, it keeps it keeps everything interesting. It's because you don't see gray area. Everything is either 100% or 0%. Daniel and I, we're here at about, I, I don't know what Daniel would be saying, but I, for me, I think Dak probably has 25 to 30% of the blame for that game, maybe even a little less, but it certainly isn't where you're at, which is like under 5%, David. I think you think Dak has under 5% of the blame, and that just can't be the case. You're the leader how? of the team. How? you got to figure it out. How? One yard tell me, in the tell me how. quarter, David. One yard. Minus five yards for the greatest quarterback of all time. Are this you kidding me? He doesn't have With a receiver. Luck? He doesn't have a receiver. If you gave Mahomes Dak's okay. weapon, okay. Okay. we would be fine. For Savage, I'm sorry, but if you have if you're going to say that Dak has to figure it out. You have to keep that same energy. That's what I'm saying. That's Patrick my Mahomes. point. He doesn't have a receiver. Yes, but you have to figure it out. He it's, has figured it out. No, there's there's several times he has figured it out this year. And again, but again, heat bomb and Kadarius Tony's basically lining up in the end zone. Minus five yards. Is, I, he, again, like, Savage, you have to, you have to keep it consistent. I I'm am. sorry. You have I to am. keep it consistent. If Dak has no excuse, then Patrick Mahomes can't have an excuse. Unless you're gonna also give Dak. If if the if the excuse for Patrick is he has no one, he's put the ball in in the right position, great, fine. I'm with you on that because Patrick hasn't had anyone. Sure. But I'm also able to watch the game with context about Dak and being like, yes, he only had one yard. But you have to look at what was going on in the field at that time. Nobody was getting open. No one was blocking. There was no running game to be had. That's that why also, he's not 100% of the blame. But to say exactly. that Dak doesn't play any role in that, you can you can get on the field, look at the defense, say, this play's probably going to suck. Let me change it right now. You don't think Dak has the ability to, to call an audible on the line? I I'm think pretty, he does. I, I'm pretty sure he's had, and he did, and it still didn't work. Because that, again, if for our reasoning, we say this team is undisciplined, unable to show up when it matters, it's also the members on his team, and they sure. don't do that. Like, Tony yeah. Pollard did not you. show up. And so, for me, that's why, yes, does Dak deserve some of the blame? Sure yes, he does. of course, yeah. But to sit there and say that you're going to put the fact that he only had one yard all on him, and so, you have, to, on and so you have to go figure it out. If you say that you have to go figure it out, that means you have to take charge and you got to go do it. I believe that. I believe it, you got to figure it out, and I don't believe again, it's all on him. I think those again, are the cards he's dealt, and he has to like, overcome it. Like I said in my diatribe, C.D. Lamb was not schemed to get open in that game. I agree. In the That's second and third Dak quarter. have 100% of the blame. I know, but again, you blame Dak for only have one yard, but you, but you don't want to keep that same energy for Patrick Mahomes. That's what I have a problem with. No, if that's Dak, not what's happening. If Dak has to go figure it out, Patrick Mahomes has to go and figure it out, whether with his yes, leg, he does. find someone else. And again, against Vegas, he did not figure it out. And in fact, in that interception, that was all on him. Mm-hmm. That here's was on no one else other than Patrick Mahomes. Here, here's the difference between Dak and Mahomes right now. Dak, let's imagine that you're trying to make dinner. You know, the, let's say your wife had a really bad day at work. 
she's, you know, frustrated, she's tired, whatever it might be. And you're like, okay, superhero husband time. You know, it's time for me to come through. I'm going to make my wife a great dinner. Okay, let's say that's the situation. Okay, Mahomes is currently at a place if you open up the fridge and there's just no ingredients. There's just no ingredients at all. You don't got chicken. You don't have any rice. I mean, you just it's, it's empty. No food. That's where Mahomes is. Dak right now, it's like you turn on the oven and it's not going to heat up all the way. So you got to find, like, it's, it's, Dak has some significant disadvantages. His appliances aren't fully working, but you can make a salad still. You know, you could still, you could figure out something. The microwave works. At the end of the day, you could throw a hot pocket in there. You could have some kind of food. Mahomes has no food. Dak has faulty appliances. That's the difference to where Dak, you can try to figure out how to make something. And yeah, he only had one yard. I get it. Fine. I'm not saying that's 100% Dak's fault. But to say that it's not Dak's fault, that's ridiculous. Some of it is Dak's fault. I'm not saying that it's all Dak's fault. So I guess I'm the only one with gray area on this show because y'all are think... either his fault or it's not his fault. And I think, I think here's, here's, here, here's the thing. If Dak was throwing interceptions in the second and third quarter, you got me. You got, you got me. me. You, got, you me. got me. But he's not. He's taking care of the football. The difference between Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes right now, yes, he has no ingredients and Dak has faulty appliances. But the thing about it, by the way, that is a fantastic analogy. I'm sorry. 100%. 100% a great analogy. But the difference between Dak and Patrick Mahomes this year is Dak is not costing his team with turnovers. Patrick Mahomes is. Yeah. Do do you want a death by interception or a death by punt? What do you want? Death I rather by punt is better. I agree. Here's here's what I here's what I rather have. I rather not have pick sixes. That's what I rather not have, and sure. give them three point or a fumble towards the goal line to where you give them fourteen points. That yeah, is by what the way, Mahomes Lepke is doing. Gets, Lepke gets fifty percent of the blame in this game. He gets fifty percent of it because if he doesn't fumble that ball, and then Pollard, Pollard and Lepke, I give them each twenty five percent. I give Lepke twenty five, Pollard twenty five. Because they both had chances to score and did not. Well, defense and, and 25, Pollard, and then McCarthy, I give him about 10%, and then I give Dak about 15, the last 15. So, Pollard, you just sprint straight to the pylon. I don't know what you're trying to do, run over people. Right. That's not your game. Sprint to the pylon. I'm so, there's, there's like 25% <laughs> on that play. Lucky, if you hold on to the ball, dude, and just run it. And here's the deal. I feel like an idiot. I feel like there's pile over my face because I was the one that came onto this podcast about a month and a half ago and said, get we the both ball said in the red We zone. both said it. I, I remember that. Savage oh, and I, we, we said that. So I guess I'm stupid, mm-hmm. okay, because I asked to give the guy who's Fumbelina the ball in the red zone. So never do that again. Line up Ferguson in the backfield and run Ferguson. That's my new take. That's the new – and I, I, I bet none of y'all oh, have a problem with that. So that is I the official that. stance of double take in NFL podcast is in the red There's zone. Cowboys tied in. Ferguson. Up. <laughs> see? See? You're 100-0, David. <laughs> that's, that's your issue. But, but – and then the defense, the defense gets some of the blame. Sure, I don't think that we. I think lost. they played well for most of the part. Though. I don't think we lost they because of our well. defense. I think Ryan Clark went a little bit too tough on them. Uh, no, well, I don't. I don't think he did because this this defense was talking since day one how they were going to be a historic defense, and well, uh, yeah. unfortunately, you have to sit on that. You have to 
You have to live by that. Well, whatever what happens, say, and, Daniel, what do you and, want to say? We're going to be an okay defense. We're going to be. We're, we're going to be the noise this year. We're going to make some noise this year. We're going to continue yeah. what we've been doing but for the past what two I will years, say being a good defense. That's all you have to say. You don't well, have to go also, to hyperbolics like Savage yeah. will do on occasion. Like no, we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. So you did. You did that about Joe Flacco. I just said. I I just said that. I remember what David said about Joe Flacco. Obviously, my Flacco take was me being facetious. Obviously, that was me being facetious. I don't actually believe Flacco is that good. I just had to hear from y'all. Facetious equals hyperbolic for me. Yeah. Well, and and what I'll say, what I'll say is that when we talk about Philly's defense, and again. We spent over 40 minutes just talking about the Cowboys, which is all my fault, as usual. But I think when we talk about um, this Cowboys defense and we talk about what they had to do uh, in terms of like Ryan Clark, Philadelphia, we have a better defense than Philadelphia. But what Philadelphia's defense does better than ours is that when you need to make a play, when you have to stop a football team, they stop and they actually do it. So that's where I will give defense part of the blame. But I would give them a whole lot of credit uh, especially Jordan Lewis, who mm-hmm. um, earlier in earlier in the year, uh, we played a football team and he let somebody go untouched. I think it was in week one. And no, no, it wasn't. I forgot which game was it, it was. Was it San Francisco or Arizona? I think it was. Yeah, no, I think it was. I think it was uh, Arizona to where he let uh, Brown wide open in the end zone because he was like jogging while he was trailing. Jordan Lewis played the game of his life on Sunday. This defense played well. It's just in the critical moment when you need to make a play, especially after Dak Prescott leads a, a, a really good drive down the field. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a playmaker. I wish we could give him the ball more. I don't know what, why we aren't. I don't know what's going on. But when we need him to make a play, Brandon Cooks makes the play. As a defense, you got to go and you got to you got to shut this team down. And I think I uh, I I was listening to some people talk about it, some analysts talking about it earlier. I would put a lot of that blame on our defense coordinator. Uh, because he switched out of a zone into a man that last drive. So that allows you one-on-one with Tyreek Hill when all you have to do is not score touchdowns but pick up first downs. Like an issue it's a problem he should have zero blitz the whole drive maybe just because and i this was a take that nick wright had and i was like you know what let him cook on that one he basically said look miami has the number one offense in the nfl use zero blitz let somebody's band play either we're going to celebrate or they're going to celebrate but at least we have time we'll have time to have the ball again yeah can't just yeah let them nickel and dime you all the way down the field, run out the clock completely and kick a little, you know, 25 yard kick from Jason Sanders, who probably had a career game yesterday yeah. or on whenever we played him. I, yeah. I didn't think as soon as I saw Sanders hit from 59 to start the game, it's like, oh, crap. All right. Well, you know, because with that. Same offense, thing with James Cook. That offense, they're going to get in field goal range, you know, like yeah. they're, they're it's unrealistic to think that our defense – and, yes, did our defense talk too much? Sure. You want to know why our defense talks so much? Because they take on the personality of the management of the team. And that's Jerry Jones who talks too much. So, yes, well, and you also defense, have Trayvon Diggs. You had Trayvon Diggs sure. when you said that too. Well, and our defense is – but even Micah, like still, hey, Micah yeah. won't stop talking. And I'm all for it because, you know what, it gives at least some pressure on your team to show up. Everybody won't be falling asleep. But when you have, you know, you have Hill, 
you have Waddle, you have Achan, you have all these different offensive weapons that you can get the ball to, even Smythe. I feel like Smythe had 3,000 yards against us in the second and third quarter of the game. Because mm-hmm. as I was, you know, driving around, listening to it on the radio some, and then watching the game, all I heard was Smythe, 10-yard reception, Smythe, 10-yard reception, Smythe, 10-yard reception. He was cooking. So you have all these weapons. It's crazy to think that that team isn't going to score points. The fact that the number one offense in the league only dropped 22 on us, that's a really good defensive game in my opinion. Did you get yes. the stop when you wanted it? No. But guess what, man? It would have been nice to have more than 20 points. I'm not saying that's all on Dak's shoulders, but I'm saying some of it is. So that's I, just want, I, I think I just want to know how. How is some of that on his shoulders? Yeah, that's all I want to know is how. I think that the part of it that's on his shoulders is the the weight of leadership of a team to where if the team wins, Dak gets the credit. If the team loses, Dak gets some of the fault. And the same way that McCarthy is going to get some of the blame, I, he's, you're the leader. You got to figure something out. I'm sorry. I still stand I, I asked how, not narrative. I asked how. Just specific in the game, how. Okay, how? how do you do that? Tangible things, practical okay. things. What, what I would have liked to have seen, what I would have liked to have seen, absolute screaming at Chuba whenever he let Chubb go. I, like, I mean, you tear him up for that. I would like to see you at least try to, to shuffle a tight end over to be on Chubb. The fact that there was no touching Chubb and Dak just let that slide, that's crazy to me. Now, he can't make Ego to block the guy, but I'm saying, like, absolutely just tearing him up. I would have liked to seen something, like, so at the beginning, the first quarter, how many different ways was C.D. Lamb moving? He was sliding. We handed off the ball to C.D. one time. He was lined up all over the place. I know Dak isn't the play caller, but at the same point, you can – you can motion CD. You can get something going where you change the plate, the line of scrimmage, and get it going. When you're, we all know this because we are all in leadership in different ways. David, if you show up to Wednesday night and your TVs aren't working and the sound system is a little bit messed up, and you know half of the students who you expected to be there are still going to get there, you don't just get to shut down Wednesday night. You still got to go through with it and make the most of it as you can. It's that's called leadership. You you figure it out. You got to so, figure it out. So you just said um, leadership, but here's what I also using your analogy. I'm also not going to go to my volunteers and scream in their face that they've got to get the job done and do their job. Well, here's like, why. And also, because you have a hall of famer. And NFL football you have, are different, David. And you, you know that. You, you know you that. have a hall of fame right guard on that offensive line. Where is he? I agree. He's also sure. a leader of the team. So I again, but but again, when were you driving in your car, like during the game? Um, the it was the second half of the first quarter, and the first half of the second quarter. Okay. So, as someone who watched the game. Okay, don't give me that. I went back and watched. <laughs> I'm just saying. I went I'm back just saying, and watched it. I'm too, just saying. David, you don't think they have things called record? You don't think so there's a the record button? No, I don't. Because here's the thing: if you did, you would know 
first the line off. sucked. I get it. Figure so, it out. So how? I just told you how. So, and Again, everything that you said of how, nothing, that's nothing falls on, on the, the play caller. That's on Mike McCarthy. That can't be on Dak Prescott. Because even if you have plays to where you said, Dak, change it at the line, you're going to have to change the entire formation to get the plays that you want for C.D. Lamb. And so what I'm saying is, is that even when you're talking about how Dak can figure it out, he still needs his play caller to do his job and to not have the, wait, what was I supposed to do again? And that's what Mike McCarthy had in the second and third quarter. Okay. And so... For me to for you to 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 be here and to say like Dak figure it out we tell you how and you give us stuff that's on the play caller like I can't put that on Dak how can you okay whenever when I'm sure that we've all gone back because none of us were alive during this but we've all gone back and watched some of the thirty for thirty or the NFL films about the dynastic Cowboys in the nineties I'm sure yes. we've all seen it yes if Troy Aikman had Chuma. And got smoked twice by Bradley Chubb. You think Tregman's just sitting on the sidelines not saying anything? No, I think that Jimmy Johnson's the one who's chewing him out, and no, Troy is going no. over to him and being like, "Hey, hey, he, I mean, man, he, let's no, figure no, it out." Because Troy literally said that in a football life. Troy he literally said that with Jimmy he, Johnson that yeah. he was the good guy and, and that Jimmy was the bad guy. But and once Jimmy left, that, once Jimmy left, Troy had to be that guy. I've seen so after, many videos of Troy after Jimmy left. I've seen so many videos of Troy absolutely chewing out people, even after in the Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson, Johnson left. In the Jimmy Johnson era, that's Cap. Troy saying that on his football life because he wants. You know, that's that's marketing. If, that's window. If you know, framing. if you know Here's anything about Troy, Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman called out Jerry Jones multiple well, times. Troy Aikman isn't a, a Cowboys bit, fan. I'm so glad I don't have to watch then, him. Then why? Announce then why? Our games again. I'm, then he why would he? Then why would he? Then why would he make stuff up if he's not a Cowboys fan for the sake of Jimmy? I'm just if saying, he doesn't like anybody. Jimmy Johnson would have cut Chuma, and I believe he does need to be cut. And I think Dak Again, Prescott Jimmy needs to get would. on him. Jimmy I think would. Dak Prescott needs to get And and, and the difference between when Troy, even when Troy did it, because I'm because I've I I haven't seen him do it post uh with Jimmy, but I saw it post Jimmy. Even when he did it post Jimmy. They still weren't winning, even when he did that. I know, I think, but I would have. I think the like only guy people. that I, I think the only guy that I've seen chew people out, and they actually win, Tom is Brady. Tom Brady. Okay, that's, that's pretty sure. much it. That's but check. but yeah. again, I, I didn't ask for an off the field solution. I meant an on field solution. Then yell at him on the field. I don't know, Daniel. I don't know what you expect. What I don't get paid forty million dollars to understand this stuff. That's that like, again. And again, that's why I'm saying that if Dak has to quote unquote figure it out, I'm, well, all I'm asking well, is to so, keep that same energy. Okay, so Daniel, I, what no, I well no I'll no no here's out. what I here's what I'm saying when I made that point is I didn't mean to say like Patrick Mahomes figure it out. What I'm saying is is that we're asking I these am. guys to do things that I don't think that they can do because. It, the, as as much as valuable as the quarterback position is and how much control mm -hmm. that that quarterback position has, they still need people. They still need people to do their jobs. Sure. And if they're not doing their jobs, you can't ask a quarterback to go above and beyond 
especially when every time they do go above and beyond, it's always called back because of a penalty. And that's, and that's what's been the problem. Point. And that's, that's been that's these been two the quarterbacks' point. problem. You know what? You can't you know overcome what? the problem. Right. You can't. Y'all are both right. I'm ridiculous. Who am I to say that you right. should get more than one passing yard in the second quarter? My standards are obviously too high. I'm sorry. And again, I agree with you, Savage. And, I agree. and that was facetious. I agree. And, I agree. and again, minus five yards in the first quarter. Yeah, then Patrick Mahomes needs to play better too. Exactly. He needs to figure it out. Maybe. Well, again, I'm not. I'm not again. again. And again, I'm not, I'm not even saying figure that. that out. Yeah, I'm not asking Patrick to figure that out. I'm not Mine. asking him. He needs a new play caller. He needs some receivers. For Zach, for things that I've seen so many times. I'm done making excuses for it. And I'm done in, or I've never been this way, but I'm not going to have unrealistic expectations of my quarterback when everything else on that Sunday is going wrong and being like, yep, figure it out. And everything that you said that has to figure it out has to do with the head coach. But yes, you, Dak, you figure it out. Sorry, I can't do that. One yard in the second quarter. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Mike McCarthy, figure it out. Okay, let's go ahead and let's move on. We're going to jump into really some quick uh, talking points because we spent a lot of time on that. We're obviously going to start hour. with yeah, we're going to start with San Francisco uh, losing to the Baltimore Ravens. It was a pretty bad loss, uh, 33 to 19. I felt like the, the team didn't play bad, but there was one guy who – did not have his best game, and it was Brock Purdy who had four interceptions, three in the first half, and then one to immediately start one the second play. one. One play in. Um, so, Savage, we're going to start with you. What What are your takeaways from this game, uh, and especially when we're talking about Lamar? Is Lamar now the front runner for MVP? So, takeaway number one, I mean, you can't put any of the blame on Brock Purdy. I mean – just none of the blame, because apparently you're not allowed to criticize quarterbacks on this show. So he, no, I'm joking. Sorry. We're going on to a different subject now. I just wanted to say something a little petty for y'all. Uh, viewers at home, I know you're laughing at that. That joke was straight gas. Um, but, okay, serious, <laughs> serious takeaways from the game. Serious takeaways from the game. Okay, here we go. Number one, the Super Bowl champion will not come out of the NFC. It just won't happen. Number two. I'm so glad people will finally chill out on all this Brock Purdy stuff. The dude is not a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL on most teams. I said it. I don't care. I don't care. Wait till he gets paid. Wait till he gets paid real person money and see what kind of offense you can put around him. Okay. (laughs) If you threw four picks with that team and basically the first half, I'm sorry, take a lap. Take a lap, and when you get done, they like Sam Darnold. I don't know, probably could do the exact same thing Brock Purdy's doing in this. He did. Office. I think he. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying he scored a touchdown. He scored I'm just touchdown. saying. I think, and this, and this can be something that all of San Francisco. Oh, bang, bang, Niner gang. I don't care. Brock <laughs> Purdy isn't him. He's never been him. There's a reason that he played all those years in college as a starter because no one thought after three years it's time to draft him. And after his final year, they thought maybe he's worth the last pick in the draft. Now, is he better than your traditional Mr. Irrelevant? Yes. But is he the MVP of the league? No. He's not the most valuable player on his team. He might not even be a top three most valuable player on his team. So how is he going to be the MVP of the league? Stop it. It's ridiculous. It's always been ridiculous. Now, is Lamar the front runner for the MVP? I don't know who else would be. Now, he might not have all of the stats 
that would right. make, say Lamar gets the MVP. But all yeah. I know, that dude wins games. And all this talk about, oh, Lamar is basically a running back that throws the ball. That's ridiculous. Stop it. Lamar is a leader of men. That dude right. does not make excuses. Right. That dude right. wins games. Even when he didn't have any receiving help, he figured that. You know what? You know why I love Lamar Jackson? He's a guy who figures it out. Okay? Point blank, period. He figures it out. And I love him for that. I think it's ridiculous that, you know, he hasn't won a Super Bowl already in his career. I think this year might be the year when he wins the Super Bowl. His defense is playing fantastic. He's playing amazing. He finally has a competent wide receiver. It's about time. And and this is what's crazy, guys. If anybody has an excuse, it's Lamar. Mark Andrews went out way long ago. His I thought the season was, like, was over then. I thought guy. the season was over. I don't know. That likely kid is very, very good. Yeah, likely is good. I he's get good. it, Go but ahead. he's not Mark Andrews. He's not Mark Andrews. Okay, likely is good. And I think some of that might be because Baltimore just has a great it's offense. Games. And they have a great system. So, like, you can plug and play any tight end in that system and they'll be good. But likely is not Mark Andrews. Okay? And so, <laughs> I, I, I think that Baltimore, to me, Lamar is the MVP. I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl this year, but I think this year is the year they should win the Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I That NF – so I, I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound like I'm joking, but I'm not. The AFC North this year is crazy. I mean, like the worst team is Pittsburgh or Cleveland – or Cincinnati, you know, and Cincinnati mm-hmm. – like the fact that it's not – They're like almost 500 or like right. – They were game 500 was, until – Right. And, and the they, that, they were playing well. And the fact mm-hmm. that Cincinnati is still a scary team on their backup quarterback, I mean, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you got, you know, like whoever the start – I feel like the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh changes every week, it feels like. Mason, you know? Mason Rudolph. Rudolph. Mason like, uh, Rudolph. Playing why would, Christmas. I mean, why what was a starting? The script writers of the NFL, you're starting a guy named Rudolph at Christmas. That's fantastic. Um, but, you know, you have all this stuff going on. You know, you have the Browns who – the Browns are looking really good. We can talk about the Browns here in a little bit. But, you know, I, and the Ravens are the team that's at the top of all of them. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that they've done a fantastic job. I don't think – if you're a 49ers fan, I don't think you need to think the world is ending. Uh, because right. you lost yeah, to a really absolutely. good team. Was it yeah. at home? Sure. Are you allowed – but the NFL is not college football to where you have to have a perfect season if you're going to be good, and even then you might get screwed, right? That's yeah. not mm-hmm. what the NFL is. The NFL is you're going to lose – like, unless if you are an all-time historic greatest team ever, you're probably going to lose three to four games mm-hmm. if you're a yeah. great team. And, you know, Niners, it's fine. You know, you lost to a really good team. It's all mm-hmm. good. Don't yeah. the sky's not falling. Just you know, reset your expectations on Brock Purdy, and you'll be fine. It's all good. I know you don't want to hear it, but this is the truth. So yeah, I mean, for me, I'm I'm not going to go as far as to say as Brock Purdy wouldn't be a starter any other team because there's, I mean, I'm not saying any other team. I'm just saying the majority of teams. I I wouldn't even say that either. Um, but I do think that people put too much on this kid way too soon. And and me like for you guys, you guys know I love Brock Purdy, but yeah. even I didn't believe that he should have been the MVP this year. I believe he's a he's a quarterback who's still learning how to play the position in the right. NFL. 
Now, is he in the best situation that he can possibly eventually work his way to get that? It's called trajectory. It's not, hey, he started here. Boom, he's here already. And I think that's what a lot of people try to do on Brock Purdy. And again, if he was a first-round pick quarterback, whatever, fine. But there, he was, a, like Savage said, he was a seventh-rounder for a reason. So he has to grow into that as he matures, as he plays the position a lot more. These four interception games, they're going to happen because they've happened to all, every great quarterback in this league. This was, his, this was his time to have it. But to have to put the MVP expectation on him so quickly in his career, this is his first full season. And again, the only guy who was able to win an MVP in his first full season was Patrick Mahomes. He ain't Patrick Mahomes. And so for me, again, Savage said it, you lost to a really good team. You really did. Maybe, maybe the best team in the NFL. Every team lost games that either they should have won, should have been competitive. Every team has lost bad games. Like I even look at Baltimore. Baltimore lost to Indy. They lost to Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, with Lamar only scoring 10 points. Uh, they lost to Cleveland in Week 10. And so they, they haven't really lost much, but they, they've had games that maybe they shouldn't have lost. So every team is going to go through that. And yesterday was a really funny because I saw it was trending about what Richard Sherman's take about Lamar Jackson. And the reason why <laughs> he didn't win the MVP is because of statistics. I believe, and I'm not saying that he doesn't watch, but that's a take from someone who doesn't watch these games. Mm. You know what I mean? Because, yes, stats are very, very important. But moments also matter. And Lamar has had those moments as much, if not more, than any other quarterback in this league. And if the narrative in the beginning of the year, again, is like he has to over – because that's what people were telling Lamar to do. Mm -hmm. That's what Shannon Sharp was saying to Lamar. You have to overcome that. The eight drops in the game, two touchdown drops. You have to overcome that. And what has yeah. he done? Yes, he has a great defense behind him that is as elite and plays well and shows up in big moments when they need to. But Lamar has able, with his legs as well as his arm, able to beat these teams. And mm -hmm. the most important thing, lead. Lead his team. I'm also a numbers guy, too. I believe you need moments as well as statistics. But if you really look at who are the MVP candidates of this league, you can look at each one of their stories along with Lamar's and say Lamar's the MVP, clear cut. Because you look at Brock. Brock, has he beaten some good teams this year? Yes, he has. But that game in Baltimore was very telling. Four interceptions. Again, MVP. Not we're writing him off for his career, but for the MVP in this league. I don't think you can have a four interception game. Right? Like, that, that's, that's part of it. You have to be the best player week in and week out. And again, he hasn't even been, like, Savage, to Savage's point, he hasn't even been the best player on his team. And again, the reason why I don't believe Christian McCaffrey deserves to be MVP is because you kind of need a quarterback and the rest to go around you to, to win games. It's still a winning game. And I told you guys, I don't think CMC was going to pull Baltimore out of that game. And if you can't pull the team out of that game, for me, that's, that's why I believe 
that a quarterback should win the award because they have more to do with winning more than a running back. And for me, like CMC, as great as he is, can't rise a team, can't score 30 points by himself to come back and win a game. And so for me, that's why I believe Lamar is a clear-cut MVP. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on that. Um, Lamar, Lamar is a guy who I think does, has deserved the majority of the excuses of why he hasn't because he hasn't made it to an AFC championship game ever in his career. So he definitely hasn't figured it out. But when you, when you're working with Mark Andrews is your only weapon, your running backs are going down every single year. Um, they, I think it, I think it's like a known fact that they have one of the worst, like um, fitness, like, facilities or, or something along which when you think about the Baltimore Ravens that's not something that you want to hear coming out of Baltimore as historic as they are but Lamar has done so much with so little to finally see him get something and actually showcase who he is what he can do he is a top five quarterback arguably top three quarterback just because he can throw the football. He can push it downfield. And then he can use his legs on top of that. Um, and, and that's all you saw from San Francisco. Like, I don't think San Francisco has, like, I don't think any team, if you give Lamar Jackson weapons, I don't think Lamar can, can really be stopped just because of how talented he is of a player. Uh, and imagine him on the Eagles. You know, maybe. Um, I, I mean, I'm, Imagine him on the Niners, yeah. And the thing is with, with Lamar Jackson, like, yeah, I mean, he can do things that literally no other quarterback can do. He can escape the pocket like nobody else, like nobody's business. And so I'm going to agree with you, Daniel. When you're talking about moments uh, for a quarterback, like, he has them. He has them. I mean, think about him going up. He, I think he's now 21-1, and one, the Undertaker's record uh, in – Against the NFC. NFC, yeah, that's right. And then he he walked the um shoot, I'm forgetting the teams that he walked. He walked Seattle, he walked Detroit, he and then he walked San Francisco. I mean, what else do you want him to do as the MVP? And I and here's the thing: even stats across the league for quarterbacks has been down. Defenses have been playing been playing better. Offensive lines have been awful. Um, a lot of injuries. The a lot of injuries at the quarterback position. Yep, you're right. I mean, golly, can't believe how many there've been. And even when you're looking at someone like Tyree Kill, um, he's had a great year, but he's also been hurt at moments in the season. And he's also had his low moments. Uh, see Kansas City in Germany when he fumbled the ball in a, in a critical moment. And so you, you, you have every single person that's had their moments. Lamar, even his worst moment, which is I think against Cleveland, he threw a pick six, wasn't his fault. It was tipped and then intercepted. Um, and I'm not the I'm not the guy who says a pick is a pick. No, picks have stories and they tell it. Okay, so even his even that game that they lost, it really wasn't even on him either. Like like there's no point in any game this season to where you really can look at Lamar Jackson and be like you're the reason why we lost. You could say that about Brock Purdy. You could say that about Dak Prescott. You could say that about. Um, 
Jalen Hurts. Like all the quarterbacks who you can't say it about Lamar Jackson, so he has to be the MVP front runner. And then when it comes to Brock Purdy, um, he's the best quarterback for San Francisco that they've had in the system. Do I think he's the greatest quarterback they ever have in this system? No, I don't think so. I think you can get a ton of other quarterbacks who'd be better in the system who would play extremely, extremely well. But we got to remember Trent Williams also went down in this game. Not before the picks, though. Um, but even then, he threw. think about this. Brock Purdy threw three interceptions, and guess what the score was at halftime? 16 to 12. They were not out of this game. This team is so, so good. Uh, that they can overcome it. Do I think Brock Purdy is going to have more performances like this one? No, I don't think so. Um, but again, like you guys were talking about, you're not you're you're not asking Brock Purdy to be the best player on your team. You're just asking him to be a good player. And I think on Monday he was pressing. He was trying to show that he was the reason why this going and and Daniel said I was blasphemous for saying it but I gotta say it even God himself said uh no that's not true and Christian McCaffrey went off uh in spite of him so um like you said Savage I think San Francisco is still in a really good spot I think they're poised to still everyone's saying like oh the NFC is wide the NFC is wide open like it's anybody's for the taking no it still belongs to San Francisco they're clearly better than the Eagles than the Cowboys than Detroit uh Seattle um it's just it's just not really close and so um but they'll be fine they'll be fine uh now let's real quick. Uh, let's talk about Philadelphia. They scraped by and they beat the uh, the Giants thirty three to twenty five. Savage, uh, any quick thoughts about the Eagles? Uh, quick thoughts are: I'm not impressed by Philly. The Cowboys are still the number two team in the NFC. Um, I don't care if we're playing them at Philly. This is this is why I don't think road matters against Philly because they're a divisional team. Um, and so there's not like that. I'm not used to playing here kind of thing. Um, like I trust Dak on the road overall as a six, I trust Dallas on the road at Philly at a nine. Um, Mm -hmm. because I basically feel like that's almost a home game with how familiar he is with any of the NFC East, you know, teams just because he's, he's there so long. Right. I think, I think I even saw that like the Eagles gave had like Dak Prescott has his own parking spot at the Eagles stadium because he basically like, he might as well. He owns the team. He, he yeah. owns the team. He, he owns yeah. the Eagles. Absolutely. Um, and so like Luca to Booker is Dak to Philly. Um, and so. Oh, that's going to be a clip. That's going to be a TikTok clip. I'm so excited to clip that. I'm fired <sighs> so up. I'm fired yeah. up. Bring on the hate. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, Philly, they're, look guys, I'm sorry. They are the, they are the most like, bad good team in the league they are a bad good team like they're still a good team but man of all the good teams they're the first one to leave the block i don't care what their record is i don't care what their seating is you almost like and it wasn't even cutlets doing the work to him this game right Mm-mm. it's tyrod taylor it was tyrod Ta- you're letting tyrod taylor cook on you and in your home so yeah of course Dak is going to own the team if tyrod taylor is almost beating you they almost lost to the Commanders twice. Should have lost to yeah. Dallas both times. Mm-hmm. Philly's just not that team. Yeah. 
Their defense yeah. is historically bad. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, sure. it is. And but the thing that I that I notice, and David, you highlighted it at the you know earlier in the show, is if it's close, Philly's winning the game, and I think that's been kind of the narrative of their of their season. And that's why Eagles fans are so confident because they know that if you keep it, if they can keep it close, Jalen Hurts is going to go and he's going to win that game. And that's just been the story of their season. For me, I wasn't impressed with them, but I do think that that's they're just doing what they've always done. They'll keep it close, pull it out. Defense will make a play at the end of the game to seal it. So that's what I saw out of Philly. Yeah, I think uh... – with with Philadelphia, I think you if you bring your A game, if you bring your absolute best, you're beating Philly. But if you leave any room for doubt or concern, Philly has a shot to beat you. That's the kind of team that they've been this year. Is that when you bring their best, when you come to play, you're not Philly's not winning that game. I think you saw that for San Francisco and you saw that against Dallas the second time around. Um because all of these games have been extremely close. Uh, so when it comes to Philadelphia going into the playoffs, I think that this is a one-and-done team. I think they lose in the first round. I don't know who they play right now. Um, I think it's the Rams. Give me the Rams. So if they play the Rams, I'm I'm picking the Rams because the Rams are they're cooking right now. They're playing really really good ball. So I give the Rams a shot uh, to win to beat Philly. So and, and again it goes back to I, I don't want to help Philly. I'm, I'm trying not to help Philly, but if you give the ball to Swift, I think this would be a different story. I think defensively they're just cooked, um, but at least when you give the ball to Swift because Swift is such a great running back, you keep your defense off the field. And and they're they don't they're, you don't let them cook for so long, so but even then even with Swift though, like the, I just don't know what's what's going on with them offensively. I don't know if even giving Swift the ball helps even that much, because then once you take Swift away, what do you have? Like what do you do? This is not a good passing team. Um, this is probably not the time to have the conversation. Um, but we, we, we really got to start asking questions about Jalen Hurts. I mean, I pick six, turn the ball over every single week. It's more consistent. Um, like Daniel was saying about Savage, I, I mean, we got to do the same thing as well. We got to keep the same energy for Jalen Hurts that we kept from Dak Prescott last year in terms of his picks and his turnovers. Not just his picks, his turnovers. Yeah, because he's also fumbling the ball away. Yeah, is um, he just a better Tim Tebow? Oh, I saw that picture. I don't know. I, were you? Oh, I didn't even that? know that was a picture. It was a picture. Someone said. Someone uh, said showed a picture of Jalen Hurts. It says Jalen Hurts before the contract, and then they had a picture of Tim Tebow, and they said Jalen. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Contract. Yeah, yeah. I've never been a huge Hurts guy. I gave him some props at the end of last year, beginning of this year. But historically, I've been a pretty low Jalen Hurts guy. Yeah. Well, I started. I started walking back what I thought, what I think about that playoff run last year. I mean, you beat Daniel Jones and Christian McCaffrey at quarterback. So, are you ready for another hot take about this? 
Okay. I just I just had this revelation when I was looking up. This is my like I'm thinking about something face. So the three wild card teams are probably going to be Dallas, Seattle, and Rams, right? Mm-hmm. Philly's not getting the one seed. No. no, if it were to end today, they would get Seattle. Right, and so I and I, I don't and I don't think Dallas is winning the East. No, I don't think so. I think that ship has sailed. So if yeah, the yeah. if the three wild card teams are us, Seattle, and Los Angeles. What that means is that Philly does not make it out of the wild card weekend. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like any three of those teams are losing to. Any three, they're losing. And um, that's fantastic. I just love that. Honestly, I want to drop our next two games so we get Philly in the wild card. I don't want to do that. I don't want Philly in the wild card. I mean, I'm not scared of them, but I'd rather I'm have as high of a seat as you can. Here's sorry. why. Here's we're only why dropping would... one more game if we're Here... dropping one. Mm-hmm. Here's why I would rather do it. I'd rather win out to give us the highest seed possible because I don't really trust Detroit either. So if Detroit and mm-hmm. Philly both go out, we might actually get a home playoff game at some point. Yeah. If we're the four seed and both of those teams lose, we will get a home playoff game. And mm-hmm. then if we get a home playoff game in the divisional round – my friends, that means that we're going to the first NFC championship game because we can't lose in Dallas. I don't know if we'll lose in Dallas for the rest of the time that we're alive. Um, so then what that means then is that we're going to the NFC championship game. Mm-hmm. And so just saying. Yeah. 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 I feel you. Well, um, AFC South. Who you guys got in the AFC South? It is a mess right now. I mean, we're talking about um, the the Colts, the Texans, and Jacksonville, all at eight and seven with two games left to go in the season. Who do you guys have pulling it out? Hmm. I picked Jacksonville at the beginning of the year. I'm gonna stick with them. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them as well. I believe. Let's see. Because I'm looking at the last two games that they have in the season. And they have, let's see here, Carolina and Tennessee. Bottom feeders. I believe they can win those two games, finish the year 10 and 7. They have the division lead right now. They have 4-1 to one in the division right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they just need to win one division game, and then they're in. Uh, because they, even with the records tied, they still have the division tiebreaker. So they just need to win two games. They're again, like Savage said, bottom feeder teams. Jacksonville's gonna, they're gonna win it. Hmm. I'm not a big Trevor Lawrence fan. I've really never have been. I respect his game. Um, he should win this division. You're the number one pick. Um. C.J. Stroud, as the number one pick, has superseded expectations for the Houston Texans. Um, And their two games are Tennessee and then Indianapolis. Those are the two games that they have. Um, And I don't know how healthy he's going to be, but he's capable of beating both of those teams as well. Is he back Um, this week? 
I believe he is. Let me check real quick before I, I say for sure. Because he's been, yeah, he's looks like he's probably going to return. That's unbelievably frustrating. So essentially, he just waited for my team to get knocked out of the playoffs for him to come back. Is essentially what happened. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm going to give Houston the nod to win this division still. Uh, it's it's probably the hot, a really, really hot take. Um, I just don't trust Jacksonville in the way that they're playing football. Um, and if you're trying to turn around two weeks before the playoffs, ugh, I just don't. I just don't believe in them. I need Trevor Lawrence to again show me something because he's 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 up and down. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna go ahead and end the show with Pickham. Uh, we're gonna go through this real real fast. Uh, I struggled this week as always. I finished the week nine and eight. Daniel finished ten and seven, and Savage finished eleven and six. And by the time that we put this video out, I'll have his actual official how many point, uh, what his overall record is. Uh, but it's pretty pretty good. Um, but we're gonna go through this week's games, uh, and we'll go through wins and losses. Um, let's start with the New York Jets versus the Cleveland Browns. Give me this defense in Cleveland. Zach Wilson has had a pretty good two games, but this is this is Cleveland. This is one of the best defenses in the league. Give me Cleveland. Yeah, give me Miles Garrett in Cleveland. Give me sneaky uh, dark horse MVP candidate Joe Flacco. <laughs> and then uh, on Saturday, I forgot Come this back game was player of the year. Yeah, comeback player he, of the year. Now that there's no one else that deserves it. It Joe yeah. Joe Flacco is your comeback player of the year. That's right. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, Saturday night on Jimmy Johnson Ring of Honor night. Ooh, it's Dallas versus Detroit. Give me Dallas. We're at home. Detroit, they've been barely squeaking by as of late. Defense um, has been struggling for them a whole lot. Yeah, I expect I expect our team to play. This is a game that if the Cowboys know that they need to win this game. It's Jimmy Johnson night. You have to win. So I'm choosing Dallas. I don't give a toot. If it's Jimmy Johnson night. The reason we need to win this game is because we lost two in a row. Yep. Give me the cows by big margin. We're going to mm. blow them out. Mm. Give, me, give me Dallas as well. All right. So next we have, ooh, this one's a really good game. I can't believe this is a noon game. This is a noon game. This is Baltimore. No, this, that should be a Sunday night game. It's Miami traveling to Baltimore at noon. Give me Baltimore. And give me Baltimore all day. Give me Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. Yeah. Then we have Buffalo versus New England. They're in Buffalo. Uh, give me James Cook and the Bills. Yeah, give me Buffalo, but, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know. It wouldn't surprise me if New England won this they, game. Because they, they already won it. They already, already beat them earlier this year. So, but I give me give me Josh Allen. Give me Buffalo, and here's why: they fired their old offensive coordinator, right? Yep. Yeah. What they looked good was. since. You know why? You know who their offensive coordinator is now? Joe Brady. 
Joe Brady, do you know what he used to be? Well, Tiger. Oh, used to be the offensive coordinator for the 2019 LSU Tigers with Joe yep. Burrow. Oh, all of a sudden, Josh Allen's looking like a, uh, an MVP candidate if he had a full season with Joe Brady. Oh, okay. It so, looks like Joe Brady's the man. So, uh, ask a, a real quick question. Was Joe Brady on this team, or was he hired? He was, he was the quarterback's coach before. To me, the fact that he was even a quarterback's coach to begin with was a – why? Why weren't you the offensive Because he was the offensive coordinator in Carolina and didn't do well. But I think that's just more because Carolina is incapable of doing good for the next 10 years. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. But, I'm, I'm, yeah, Joe Brady has done wonders for this football team. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you on that. Go Tigers. Another LSU product. Next game, Falcons traveling to Chicago. Give me Chicago. Give me Justin Fields. Give me Chicago. Give me Chicago. Justin Fields is – they're playing really good right now. Then you have Houston at home against Tennessee. Give me Houston. Give me C.J. Stroud. I'll go Houston. I don't believe in mayonnaise, man. Yeah. Yeah. Next you have uh, the Raiders going to the Colts. Give me the Raiders in this game. Give me the Raiders. I was hoping y'all would both go on the other way do it Daniel do it go the other way we need these wins nobody can beat the other person if we all pick the same games yeah this is where I'm struggling y'all if the Raiders had a quarterback this would be a lot easier but they're able to run the ball now and they They play good defense they might be able to give Caleb Williams in the fifth round Oh wow! Wow, that's, cool. uh, that's an Okie right there. If I've ever seen. I know. that's yeah. right. It sounds like someone salty. I know he'll be a first rounder. Dylan Gabriel done bit to left y'all. Hmm. He said he's scared. Uh, yeah. You know what? Well, give no, me. They, they want to go give with me the Raiders. Arnold, and I don't want them to. But it's whatever. Well, g- give me the Raiders. I'll take the Raiders. Yeah. All right, Daniel. You are required to choose Carolina in this game. It's Carolina versus Jacksonville. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jacksonville. I, go. But again, it wouldn't surprise me because every time I pick Trevor Lawrence, that Carolina win or the other team always wins every time I pick Jacksonville. So mm-hmm. I'll go Jacksonville. All right, next game is the Rams versus the Giants. This is even a conversation. Rams. Rams. Like the way that they're looking right now. Then you have Arizona, possibly with an upset for Philly. Now they're in Philly, so don't give them no. a shot. Yeah, Philly. Philly. Yeah. Then we have uh, the Saints versus the Bucks. Um, Baker Mayfield has it going on. He has twenty. Yeah. I think he has twenty-six touchdowns, only eight interceptions on the season. He is currently number two. Um, for picks, like in a good way, like he has the least, like a good one of the least amount of picks, really good ratio. So give me Tampa. Yeah, give me Tampa. Tampa has been good to me. And so I know everyone. Uh, I know everyone in the Bay is freaking out, and they're probably picking the Niners to lose this game. But we're not. Uh, we're picking the Niners to beat the Commanders. Yeah, I'm picking MVP Brock Purdy in this game. 
I'm picking the fifth most important player on their offense to win, Brock Purdy. There it is. There, there it is. is. Then you have uh, Pittsburgh traveling to Seattle. Damn, that's going to be a good one. Now, now here's of, maybe where we'll disagree. A lot of great games this week, mm-hmm. honestly. Give me Seattle. Mm. No, give me Seattle. I'm with you on that. I just, I just can't trust Pittsburgh. I just can't. They're good one week, then they're bad the next. And Seattle has the capability to do the exact same. But if you're asking me if I want um, Geno Smith or uh, whoever Mason Rudolph, give me Geno Smith. Jeez, David is such a good ventriloquist. How was Daniel. he able to talk Daniel, so who do you got? while he had a straight smile? <laughs> Your camera froze up a little bit. G- give me yeah. Seattle. Give me Seattle. Oh, again, then, it, it's about patterns, and Pittsburgh does not have a good pattern. Yeah. Okay. This one's this one's also going to be another good game. Oh, sorry, I went one ahead. This one's not going to be that great of a game. It's the Chargers versus Denver. Give me Denver. Give me Denver. Easton Stick yeah. is not. Not that guy. It's not it, man. Almost beat the Bills, though. He almost he did. did. Could you imagine if he would have won? That Joe how Brady we would be feeling? Be yeah. Um, Joe Brady can only be as good as his quarterback, and he has, unfortunately, he has Josh Allen. Um, Cincinnati versus <laughs> Kansas City. Then what did we argue about for thirty minutes? Okay, give me Kansas City. Uh, <laughs> I'm going Kansas City. You know what? I'll be different. I'll be different. <laughs> uh, I'll take... He's going to take Kansas City. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna take Kansas City. He thought about. It. He wants to keep that record. I did, I did think about it. Yeah, give me Kansas City. <laughs> I just he's can't. picking not to lose. He's picking no, no, no. not to lose. It's not that. It's not that. It's the fact that if Cincinnati didn't lose the way that they just did, I would have picked Cincinnati. Yeah, but Kansas City has a good defense. And so that's that's why I, as bad as Mahomes' his team offense is, I just don't think Cincinnati's going to do much better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, next game, uh, this is the Sunday night game, and I don't know why, but give me Jordan Love to beat Minnesota in Minnesota. Yes, I agree. We can't Dan, all don't, don't don't yeah don't tease us again. No, it's just, again if it was <laughs> anyone other playing than Nick Mullins, because Nick Mullins is a turnover machine. Yeah, that's true. And at the end, like they had a chance to beat Detroit, mm-hmm. and he gave it away. 
So I'm gonna take Minnesota. Um, I mean, I'm gonna take Green Bay. Oh no, he said it. We're putting down Minnesota. Yep, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. His official take is Minnesota. That's gonna do it for us here on Double Take and NFL Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Savage. It's awesome to now have you officially a part of the show, Daniel. It's good talking to you once again, fans. I told you guys. I'm, I'm a Dak supporter, always will be. He's going to have more than one yards in the second and third quarter of this game. But until next time, have a great weekend of watching football. God bless.